0: this city is a dirty ugly thing a monster born of a violent past clawing its way into a doomed future The streets are its veins, carrying its diseased lifeblood. Its skyscrapers are twisted bones, jutting up into the blackened heavens. And at the withered heart of it all is a dingy office, tucked into a dilapidated slum. The door reads, Blake Sky, Private Eye.
1: Resuming from Real Ten. Translated text is the account of Guy Marteau, part of the forces sent by Philip II to the Holy Land during the Third Crusade, as chronicled in Father Henri's L'Artique. Passage reads, The cavern we took shelter in was as still as a tomb, but I could not find sleep, anxious for the prospect of battle. I ventured further into the barren earth, lost in a trance, I do not recall how long I walked, only that I was stirred from my reverie by the monument I found. It was massive, a jutting colossus of stone so dark, it devoured my meager torchlight like the wolf devours a newborn lamb. At first, I thought it was to be some pagan shrine to Saladin's false god. But it took only a moment to realize this was something completely different. My eyes were enchanted unable to pull away, enthralled by the dark statue, I felt my mind become distant, like the surf crashing against the beaches of Marseille so far away. And as I fell to the cold floor, I had a revelation. But I was not blessed, as St. John had been. I was cursed. Horrible vile demons and fallen abominable gods plagued my vision as i swam through a sea of emptiness a voice screamed in my head chattering in tongues i had never known and should never have heard just as i was about to turn and search for the phantom speaking in my thoughts something struck me hard it was then my eyes snapped open i was back in the cave I prayed to the Lord in thanks, but my mouth froze as I felt the blood running down my chest. My palm was cut from the shard of rock I must have picked up from the cavern floor. Furrows had been carved into my chest by the makeshift knife, etching an elaborate design that burned in the stale air. My garments had been removed, leaving me as naked as Adam before the blasphemous idol. I ran. I ran back to the camp, leaving my clothing in a heap on the ground. Only later would I remember them, or consider how tall the monument had been, and how there was no way we were that deep underground. I would only have time to think these things as my brothers and arms bound me, finding nothing but my blood and garb in those infernal catacombs. Henri continues to describe the sigils that Lamarteau carved into himself, noting that <sighs> Yes, Blake?
0: Are you almost done? Uh, you've been using Webster for a while now.
1: Blake, you are the one that offered to let me use Webster for my research. Right,
0: right, and, well, I I figured, you know, I just mean, you've been through ten reels of wire since we got here.
1: Yes, and?
0: And I'm going stir-crazy here. We've been under confinement in a cat house, and Mickey keeps barging in, and I'm almost certain Kaiser is either giving me the evil eye or mentally undressing me, and I'm just... (sighs) I gotta get all this out, or I am going to lose it. Um, kid?
1: Mm,
0: Bottle stop. Mm -hmm. Kid.
1: Uh, Don't call me kid.
0: Eleanor, I know you haven't been sleeping much.
1: It's fine. I'll sleep when the weekend gets here.
0: Um, it's Tuesday. You worked through the weekend. We've been here for eight days already.
2: What?
1: No. No, it, it can't be Tuesday. I, I've, um, well, oh my god, it's Tuesday already.
0: Yeah, um, so does that mean I get to use Webster now?
1: Like, I know you love talking to a machine that doesn't care that you're talking, but this is serious. I'm combining data from so many sources, uh, cataloging millennia of tradition regarding both Vroth and the occult. I've got to find answers for what Professor Howard is working towards, and what killed Mickey's men.
0: And I'm not saying you shouldn't. But maybe take five? Stretch your legs? You know, uh, take care of yourself?
1: I'm perfectly fine. You're exaggerating this, uh, blowing it all out of proportion.
0: Hey, you two, I was just in the neighborhood and. Whoa, what is. What does that smell? Gordon, uh. Ixne on the Elsme. Blake, I
1: know actual Latin. Do you really think pig Latin is going to. Uh, Is that. me?
0: Well, uh. you had a week of not showering or changing clothes. A week?
1: That's not true! I remember, just the other day, Kaiser brought me dinner and said I could use the shower. Wait, um, but then I started reading Constance's five postulates, but I... No, wait. After that, I got busy reading Dini's fivefold rebuttal.
0: Eleanor, I... I don't say this be mean, but... Busy is wearing the same outfit two days in a row. This is a, a little more than that.
1: Okay maybe but I've got to figure this out that thing is still out there and we know it's looking for us there has to be something in here that can help
0: are you really going to be effective in your research if you don't take care of yourself we're not we're not saying stop just give it a rest when we'll you recharge you know catch a nap have a snack shower
1: fine just just let me get through this passage and then I'll take a break
0: yeah that that sounds fair
1: and don't forget to change the reels before you start monologuing Blake last time I was reviewing my recording and was surprised to find a lengthy diatribe about Mickey in my notes on Vox Progenitor
0: right <laughs> sorry hey Blake while she's finishing up how about, how about we go for a walk very funny Gordy you know Mickey won't let us out. The other day I said I wanted to go check out some leads and they. Like. Shut up. I. I said let's go take. a walk? Oh. Oh! Uh, <laughs> right, uh. Hey, Eleanor, if, uh, if you need us, we're just going to be, uh, you know, around.
1: Yes. Go. Go! Quit distracting me. I promise I'll finish this up soon.
0: If you're not done by the time we get back, Blake's going to have to drag you away. Shh. You'll ruin the element of surprise. Oh.
1: Where was I? Oh, right. Lomarteau was imprisoned by his fellow crusaders and interrogated on his apparent heresy by Henri. Father Henri claims that he at times, quote, "...felt an intense sympathy for the man, appearing to be a moral and righteous servant of the Lord wrapped in the guise of a sinner." End quote. The Good Father does mitigate this by also claiming these thoughts were the urgings of Satan and should be dismissed by any pious shepherd of the faithful. On November 30th, 1190 AD, Guy Lamarteau was burned alive for the crime of heresy. Henri notes two things. First was Le Marteau's final words, which in this manuscript are updated to the modern French. Je suis tourné de vivre dans un monde fou. I am damned for living in a mad world. The second was that while the fire claimed most of Le Marteau, any portion of his hide which had the sigils and glyphs carved in it withstood the fire. Henri claimed this to be proof of allegiance with the devil, and Lomarteau's seemingly impervious skin was hidden by the crusaders. I feel it is worth mentioning that while Father Henri makes no mention of where Lomarteau's remains are hidden, there are several other mentions of geography and time which could be used to create a reasonable area of search, which could be further... Cross-referenced... ...with uh, other documents or publications by...
2: Hey, what's new, Well? <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. Uh, oh, no. No, no, no. I, I'll help you with that.
1: No, you don't have to. Relax. You'll live longer. That's easy for you to say. Nothing fazes you. Everybody's got something. If they say they
2: don't, they're lying. Then what's yours? You're smart. Stick around and I'm sure you'll figure it out. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, speaking of that big brain of yours, uh, I bet you found all kinds of goodies in that book, Huh? Oh, definitely. In addition to studies on the Veroth
1: language and a rudimentary lexicon, I've also begun finding historical accounts of Verrothi inscriptions and incantations appearing as far back as 200 BC and as recent as 1890 AD. They range from mundane academic analysis of folk, religion, to what can best be called grimoires, uh, presenting a range of- That's great, al,
2: Really. And I'd love to talk about that more later, but has there been anything about, uh, whatever attacked my men at the Elephant's Heart?
1: Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, well, I noticed three main traits for whatever it was that attacked Herschel, Kadir, Apollo, and Johan. It can induce some level of hallucination or vision. It may be an adept mimic, and its method of, um... Dispatching prey that is, apparently, worse than killing.
2: So you've gotta guess.
1: I've found a few possibilities, but it's a lot of grey area. Nothing conclusive.
2: Look, the longer this thing is out there and poking around in my business, the more of my people I have to pull away from what they're doing. I keep shutting down operations, sooner or later these folks aren't going to be able to feed themselves. So, yeah, I'll take a best guess if you got one.
1: Alright. But keep in mind this is a very rough guess. Please don't do something impulsive or rash based on this. I never do. Come on. Here. This was a really unusual choice of material for Professor Howard's cult. It's an exploration of Der Ratenkunnig. Or the Rat King. You're
2: telling me some oversized mouse did this?
1: No. That's just it. This book explores the history of the Rat King in folklore, stating that while it is primarily attributed to the phenomena of rats ending up bound by the tail in a mass, there is one older source in the town of Augsburg circa 1470
2: that- So, it's not a giant rat?
1: No. I mean, maybe not. The Augsburg account describes the thing as a wheel-like mass of flesh, possessing rodent appendages jutting from a central spoke that
2: resembled a rat's head. Are you sure this isn't just some old Fritz who'd knocked back one too many steins? The only reason the Augsburg account stands out
1: is that it reports seeing unusual sights and hearing the chittering of rodents as a phantom sound.
2: Huh. Okay. So, how do we kill it?
1: That? I don't know. That section didn't have anything on getting rid of the Rat King, and the rest of the work was focused on the more traditional modern interpretation. I've still got a lot more to go through. Maybe I should look for- Not right now. You've been working hard.
2: Close the books and kick your feet
1: up. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you sound like Blake.
2: Ugh. Say, where is he? I figured he'd be in here bothering you.
1: Oh, he and Gordon left to have some alone time.
2: Alone time?
1: Yeah, I was worried about them getting back together, but Blake seems happier.
2: Oh, so Blake and Gordon were, um, a couple?
1: Hmm. They apparently dated for a while, split up because of, uh, concerns about the future. But they patch things up and it looks like they're together again. So him and the flatfoot. Huh Huh Is everything okay, Mickey?
2: What? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's grand. Just uh guess I just pictured Gordon with uh better taste, that's all.
1: Blake isn't as bad as you make him out to be.
2: He's somebody who acts like he doesn't
1: want anything,
2: and that's the kind of person who can take the most from you.
1: Mm, He's not that kind of guy. I think he really just wants to help people.
2: Yeah, but you gotta ask why. What's the angle? Everybody's got one. Hey, um, has Gordon talked much about me?
1: Um, I don't think so. All he's really said about you was that he knew you and that we had to take Blake to you for, um, you know, for protection.
2: Ah. Gotcha. Why? No reason. Just curious. Forget about it.
1: Are you sure? Is there- Forget about it.
2: Okay. Sorry. (sighs) Don't be sorry. I'm just curious, because-
0: Okay, Eleanor, time's- Oh. I didn't realize you were in here, Mickey.
2: Yeah. Who figured I'd be in a place I own? We were just
0: walking around, getting getting out of Eleanor's hair for a bit.
2: How thoughtful. I'm uh, sure she needed that. Actually, since I've got you all here,
1: I wanted to bring up something. Yeah? What is it? So, I know I talked to Blake about this before, but I've found a few passages in growth that I'm pretty sure spells. I would like to give one a try.
0: What? No. No. No way. Absolutely not.
1: Blake, before you put your foot down...
0: Too late. Foot's down and it's not coming back up. Let her speak, Flatfoot.
1: I've found a few small spells that I think would be a good way to test the water. And they have descriptions for them, so it won't be like last time
0: can i go back to saying that this is stupid now blink calm down what no gordon you cannot be considering this i'm not i'm not saying yes but i think it's worth considering the, this professor and his friends have magic you're going to have to fight fire with fire or magic fire with magic fire
2: Elsa, says she's got an idea i trust her are you saying you don't
0: That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think- If you
2: trust her,
1: then shut up and let her do her thing. I'm not saying shut up. I get that you're worried. I am too. But we need answers. And I'm the woman who can get them.
0: I know you are, kid. But if things go sideways, I'm stopping this. Deal?
1: Deal. All right, let's uh, move this chair out of the way. Does anyone have any ink?
0: Not exactly the kind of thing I carry with
1: me. Yeah, Fred, not. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one second. Ah, here. Hopefully this ritual doesn't mind a lipstick
2: substitution.
0: Substitution? This isn't a recipe. Ah,
2: oh, stuff it, Gumshoe. You know as much about magic as you probably do about cooking. You might just want to ignore both. Hey! hey.
1: Alright, I'll go with my left hand for this. Just need to have a line here. And then a circle. And a swoop. Perfect.
0: You're drawing it on yourself? What exactly is this spell?
1: I'll show you. Oh, you might want to step back. <clears throat> Zara Sen. Mu oh, or Omo Yari Jido Omo Fusa. Seli or Yi Garm Keats Om Zellum Darta.
0: Oh! Jesus. God. My eyes.
1: Sorry. I didn't think about that. This spell was listed as Zara Sen's torch, so I just figured it would, you know, be like a flashlight.
0: More like a spotlight. So you.
2: Oh, Jesus. So you do your little doodles, say the magic words, and your pans a light bulb?
1: Well, sort of. But not really.
0: Does it hurt?
1: No. Not hurt. Exactly. It's more like a strain. Wait. No. It's like when you're in the cold too long, and your muscles start to ache just before they go numb. Like that, you're cold. A-, a little. Does it not feel cold to you?
0: Not in the slightest. Are you okay? You're you're starting to look a little pale.
1: I'm fine. I'm just tired and um... kid. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, it's freezing in here.
2: Blake, give her your coat. She's got frost coming out of her mouth.
0: Um, Gordy, that's not frost. That's steam.
2: Here, let's lay you down and GOW! What happened? She's burning up. Like I touched a stove.
0: Here, uh, wrap her in this and we'll carry her over there. I knew this was a mistake.
2: (laughs) No,
1: no, no. It's fine. I'll, I'll do better next time.
0: There is not going to be a next time. Slow down there. She's not hurt.
2: We learned something. This is a success. Mickey, I don't I don't know why. I mean, it was just a light. How, how's that going to help you fight some monster? She's been working herself ragged all week. We all know that. If she rests up, this'll be no sweat.
0: I'm not risking her life for your bottom line, O'Shea.
2: Good news, you're not a part of this. She gets to decide. I think... I think we all just need to calm down. Shouldn't you be heading back to the Red Hand? It's uh, one of the few businesses I've still got
0: open... Wait, what? Y-YOU own the Red Hand?
2: Oh, you didn't know? I figured Gordon would have let you know. (laughs) Stop
1: fighting! This isn't getting us. (gasps) What was that?
0: I don't know, but I'm willing to bet it's not. Hey, Mick. It's me. Herschel? Come on out, Mick. I gotta tell you something. I'm not the only one hearing this in my head, right?
1: It's here. It found us somehow.
0: Mick. I really need to talk to you. Just a friendly chat. Face to face. Heart to heart.